Welcome to Taking Control of Your Financial Life podcast, providing the simple answers to the complex questions asked about your financial future. Let's get you the answers you need about retirement, investing, asset planning, and the current market. Here's your host, Julian Rubenstein. Hello, Robin. I want to thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited as I know you have a lot of interesting information to share with the audience. So with that said, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice? So thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I am an appellate attorney and I had my own practice for 22 years. Prior to that, I was a prosecutor in Broward County. And last May, I merged with a New York firm uh, that goes by SSRGA and myself, along with another boutique firm here in South Florida, came together and we have opened the Florida office, the Manhattan firm, SSRGA. Uh, We practice currently here the appellate work. We do family law, estate planning. We also do some real estate. And in the estate, excuse me, in the family law arena, we do collaborative and litigation. And we are looking to expand our practice areas in many other areas. And that will be uh, coming down the road in the near future. Okay, that's very good. So what attracted you to law or in, in appellate law, family law? Well, uh, the appellate portion of the practice is not only family law, it's uh, all types of commercial litigation in the civil arena. It's also criminal. Uh, it's all t- it's anything uh, that you could think of in the, with the trial court. If there's an issue in the trial court and somebody is not happy, which often happens after a trial, whether it be a jury trial or a judge trial, then they go to the next higher court, which is the in Florida, the appellate court, or potentially the Florida Supreme Court, or potentially federal court. So we do work in all of those arenas, and it's a more of an academic practice because it's um, research and writing and oral argument versus uh, strategy at the trial trial level. But to answer your question about family law, we do a number of family law appeals. Um, and that's just what happens to be very popular in Boca. And that's where I, my, our office is. And the um, litigation team that we have here uh, also does family law. And uh, they do the litigation. And then also they do the collaborative if people um, are looking to not litigate it and really kind of come together and can work together. It's a very unique and interesting way to, to settle a dissolution of marriage. Now, is that collaborative after a bad, ju- you know, a bad judgment or before? No, that would be before. Uh, the collaborative process, people enter into, they, they each, each party gets their own attorney, but they agree to collaborate and share experts. It's, while it's not my area of the law, it doesn't actually go to litigation. They agree to come together um, and decide that they're going to determine uh, how they're going to work it out amongst themselves with the help of a, a therapist and perhaps a forensic accountant. And they, they share the experts rather than each of them getting their own expert. And if for any reason the collaborative process breaks down and they have to go to litigation, they have to start all over with new attorneys because the attorneys agree and are prohibited from litigating it because they're sharing information willingly rather than going to court and you know paying each time for a motion to get discovery or that sort of thing. That's why it's a collaborative process. Got it. Okay. So what would you say is the biggest financial mistake people make after after divorce? 
after the divorce, the biggest financial mistake? Well, (laughs) certainly I could tell you that, you know, from an appellate perspective, you can appeal anything that has a good faith basis, but you really want to look at uh, the likelihood of success on that because sometimes people want to keep fighting and whether they do it in the appellate court or they try to come back with post-judgment motions in the trial court, um, I think sometimes the continuing litigation, depending on the situation, could be costly. Um, and, and if it doesn't go their way, they, they could think of it as a mistake, obviously. But so as far as the legal arena, I think before the divorce, I think it's just the problem with the dissolution and, and also in the in the probate arena, the guardianship arena, rather, it's a very emotional uh, case. And it's a, a thing. Emotions tend to drive it versus a commercial litigation case where it's a business. And people are thinking what makes the most business sense dollar wise in dissolution cases and in things having to do with family. Um, in general, those issues are more emotional and um even uh, even if the parties themselves have very good business uh, sense, sometimes it's hard to um, have that prevail. So I think that might be the issue. Yeah, that makes sense. And what about what have you seen from people that get divorced as far as financial planning? Both maybe do they do it, uh, intelligent planning before divorce? Do they handle it right after post-divorce? What have you found? Well, I can tell you and comment a little bit about that. I can tell you one thing. Um, they certainly should redo their estate plan. And we advocate when people come in to our firm that they redo their estate plan even while they're in the midst of the divorce, because God forbid something happens to one of the parties during the divorce. If they're not yet divorced and they don't have a will, for example, it's all going to go to their spouse because they're not yet divorced. So um, that's super important when you um, when you bring up planning in general. With regards to financial planning, I mean, every situation is so individual, but we do think it makes sense for each party to have their own financial planner and CPA. And we try to bring that all in together to get the right resources to to our clients so that they can benefit from from having as many resources as, po- as, po- as possible. And of course, it depends on the size of the assets and, and what they're dealing with. Every situation, as I said, is very unique. Okay. Yeah. Just, as a family law attorney, is there anything that surprises you? Because <laughs> you probably have seen everything. I've seen a lot, family law being one part of, of what I do, but certainly... I like to say I think I've seen everything, but I, I tend to be continually surprised, actually, about <laughs> things from when uh, when you think you've seen it all, then you realize you haven't. So, OK. Yeah. What aspect of your of your firm do you think people underutilize? What aspect of my firm do people underutilize? I think maybe just like I not to be repetitive, but it may be the estate planning, because, again, you know, People tend to put off things that they don't think are, you know, necessary right away. But again, if you are going through dissolution of marriage, super important to get a new estate plan in place. And I think that might be underutilized from those particular clients. Right. Because I think there's a law, right? If you're married, you have to still leave your spouse something, correct? Well, I am not an estate planning attorney. um, And I don't, even though you mentioned family law, I get involved at the appellate level in various areas. I haven't had that issue. I wish I could 
comment on that, but you can sit down with an estate planning attorney uh, who can give, you know, the individual the, the correct advice. Yeah, just to clarify, from the best of my knowledge, you have to give it's either 30 or 35 percent left to your spouse. That's the minimum. I know that. I'm not sure which one it is, but just just for the audience's sake, I want to point that out. Um, well, again, again, I think it might be. Well, OK, I can't comment on that with any degree of certainty. Okay. What mistakes do you think the non-working spouse makes when it comes to financial planning, maybe during the divorce, after divorce? Well, I think before the divorce, <laughs> before the marriage, a, a prenup could be good. A prenuptial <laughs> agreement uh, could always help with, with that issue. What mistake do I think the non-working spouse makes with financial planning? You're saying after the divorce. I mean, like, do you find that most of them take it serious and, and get a financial planner right away? Or do they just kind of wing it? Like, do you think that they're properly, in, do you think it's important that they have a financial planner during divorce? Well, I, I think it, it's, it is helpful. I mean, I, I know, you know, sometimes, for example, the non-working spouse may decide they want to keep the house. And then they have a mortgage and they have to pay the mortgage. And so they end up getting, can only stay in the house for a certain amount of time before they realize they have to sell the house. And so I definitely think a financial planner can be beneficial during the process for long-term planning to try to help advise the client what really is in their best interest with regards to what sort of settlement they're looking to get and where they're looking to get to and what what they will be able to support themselves with moving forward. I would agree with that. Yes, I think that's really important. And, and sometimes I think that maybe the biggest mistake the non-working spouse makes is continuing not to work, potentially. <laughs> Coming from someone who's always worked. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, having been divorced, I do. it is a very unusual uh, practice of law, right? Because as you say, there's a lot of emotion in it. It's not just a, a cut and dry. Business litigation is a lot easier because cooler heads prevail. Absolutely. Because you're looking at the when you're doing litigation in a business context, you're just looking at the bottom line. Even if you're looking at whether or not to bring the lawsuit or defend the lawsuit or settle, you're just looking to see what is my most cost effective way, you know, to resolve this. And that is not typically what's at the forefront when emotion takes over. It's difficult to it's difficult to um, have that part of the brain prevail, especially at the outset. All right. Well, listen, I want to thank you very much. I don't want to take up too much of your day. I know you're busy. Again, I really appreciate you joining us here. And My pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Okay, you too. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to Taking Control of Your Financial Life. For more information about today's topics, please visit or check the show notes for more important information and links. Share, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.